0: call larry now studio lines are open at 855 rose 123 that's 855-767-3123 making money sense is on the air
1: welcome back to the larry rosenthal show with larry rosenthal our financial and retirement expert here in studio with us as he is every saturday morning good morning sir good morning chris and how are you today um, sounding good. You you sound a little bit like you've uh, got a little bit of a frog going on this morning. Been a little
2: something going on in the
1: throat. Yeah, been playing out in the snow again okay. or, or what? <laughs> It'll be okay. <laughs> uh, yeah, you'll, we'll be all good. You sound like sort of uh, one of those deep uh,
2: radio announcer guys. So that's all oh, well, there. You good. Are. finally got a good radio voice <laughs> and, uh, and, and face, right?
1: <laughs> one of us. One of us does right. All right. There,
2: there you, you are. Good. Cool. All right. Well, good morning, everyone, and welcome to Making Money Sense, Larry Rosenthal Show. Here, I'd like to uh, welcome again our, our longtime listeners in the D.C. Baltimore area on WAVA, as well as our new listeners on SiriusXM XM Family Talk Nation. Wide, as Chris likes to say, border to border, coast to coast, on Family Talk Channel oh, you sea to shining sea. I like that. Part. That's what it is. That's what it is. So you know, the markets had uh, took it on the chin a little bit this week. They were down uh, this this week, but in in the scheme of things, the the Dow is up still over nine percent for the year. The S and P is up around the same, and the Nasdaq is up a little over eleven and a half percent for the year. So one week of of a little bit of a pullback due to some economic concerns and geopolitical issues doesn't mean that we're going to necessarily have this big contraction or anything like that. You know the markets have a long way to uh to go for the end of the year and as well as where they're where they're sitting today up very positively uh, you know around r- roughly around ten percent on all three major indices so when you stop and you take a look at at a couple of factors that's happening. You, you 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 see, you know, earnings coming in and we'll we'll talk about earnings. You see where the structure of the economy is. Is it weak? Is it neutral? Is it is it strong? And then you play on top of that the geopolitical issues that, that are basically happening. So you know this this past week we'll we'll talk a little bit about that right now. This this past week <clears throat> the ECB European Central Board Announced uh, in September that it's going to launch a new series of uh, targeted long-term uh, refinancing options and keep interest rates pretty much the same through 2019 and possibly beyond that if necessary, which is a huge reversal on their, on their uh, positioning. It's the first major developed economy in the world right now in 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 recent times here to say hey we're going to become more accommodative versus raising rates so they've had a policy reversal recognizing the slowdown of what's happening in Europe so that that's that kind of put a little fear a little bit a little bit of anxiety into the markets this this past week a little bit but at the same time you know, if you stop and think about it, if an economy slows down too much, then they want to stimulate, and that 's what they 're doing right now they 're playing that role whereas here on on our shores the u s job growth in in February just got slammed. you know they were expecting a, about about one hundred and eighty thousand jobs, and we only got twenty thousand jobs, but unemployment rate still fell. When you take a look at the long-term average, though, it's, it's still pulling up very, very high, uh, about 165,000 jobs that we added uh, as an aggregate in, in January and February. So uh, one, one scenario does not make a trend when you, when you look at it. But that also weighed heavy on the markets as well as, you know, more fears about global slowdown, what's going to happen this, this coming week in the Brexit vote. So lots of geopolitical issues happening there and some announcements with uh, China-U.S. trade. Uh, there's no firm date set for, for China-U.S. trade. Both sides have, have, have moved closer in agreements, which is good news. However, not close enough to go ahead and set a date yet. So, so word is, you know, maybe – maybe not the end of march maybe maybe sometime in april they want to make sure that that when the senior officials get together that the majority of everything's already hammered out and there's just a few few items left to do so all in all progress you know markets need clarity of direction i've always said that and we're getting some more clarity of direction with geopolitical issues uh... when it when it comes to 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 trade issues there but at the end of the day, Chris, the, the key point here on investing a lot of times is things usually swing back to fundamentals. And people buy stock based off of the future earnings of corporations. And so, you know, we're in earnings season right now, winding down, if you will. And for those that aren't familiar with what, quote, unquote, earnings season is, is every quarter the S&P 500 companies, our publicly traded companies, uh, or, or, uh, announce their earnings and as of the end of uh this past week as of Friday 493 companies have announced uh their earnings so far in uh in, in for the fourth quarter which is the fourth quarter of 2018 compared to the fourth quarter of 2017 that's what that's what they've been reporting right now and earnings look to be up which is a little bit more surprising than what a lot of people were, were really talking about. So, so um, you know, the fourth quarter earnings, 69% of them have reported earnings above analyst expectation. The long-term trend of that is usually 64%, so we're seeing an increase there. And companies' revenues are, are reported up as well, so um, things look pretty good when it comes to that. Now... You're, you keep on hearing this slowdown. People keep talking about this slowdown. Yes, things are slowing down a little bit, but they're not stopping. They're not stalling. They're not reversing. They're not contracting. They're just slowing down over the last couple of years of some very strong and tremendous growth. So the economy looks pretty good. It's kind of like Goldilocks a little bit. You know, we talked about that a little last week, Chris where the 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 economy is not too slow it's not too hot it's kind of just right just coming along uh, 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 the the way it should be here And the, i and love F-
1: your goldilocks analogies are awesome. yeah
2: and the, the, so the fed is balancing it and and we'll see you know this uh, in 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 two weeks the feds gonna have another meeting and they're gonna be talking about where they see our economy and their positions going forward on on interest rates but you know the fed futures uh, expectations is no rate hike in march uh, really, really, for the first half of this year, so I think that we 're going see a rate hike maybe towards the second half of this year, depending on how how things come into, into play but inflation 's very, very low so it 's kind of an interesting scenario there, but um, this bodes well to make sure that we have balance in our portfolios and our, our investments are aligned with our goals, our time frame, our risk tolerance and and make sure that they 're tax efficient so uh, all in all, you know, next week we should see some more geopolitical uh, headlines in the news, as well as a couple more, uh, six more companies are going to be reporting earnings next week, and we'll we'll tie it all up then. So, um, you know, hey. I uh, see we gotta take a quick break here, so let's go ahead and open up our phones. Before we do that though, this uh in, in a couple of weeks on March nineteenth, uh Tuesday, March nineteenth, over in Turf Valley Country Club, just outside of Baltimore, you can catch me live. We'll be doing a seminar there. It's gonna be titled going from taxable to tax-free. We have a few seats left uh, if if you want to go ahead and register. You can go to my website, LarryRosenthal.com. Now, here's the deal. There's two classes that day. The first one, we're having an afternoon session from 1 to 2.30 and then an evening session from 6.30 to 8.00. It's the same class. You don't need to come to both unless you want to. Uh, there's no cost for this seminar, and the refreshments and, and things are, are complimentary. So go ahead and go to my website, LarryRosenthal.com, and you can register there we're going to be ta- talking about how we're to go from taxable to tax-free during retirement years as well as enhancing your, your heirs' tax-free uh, inheritance. So uh, we're going to take a quick break here. Give us a ring with any of your financial planning or investment questions at 855-ROSE-123, 855-ROSE-123, or 855-767-3123. You're listening to Making Money Sense. I'm Larry Rosenthal, we'll be back in a moment.
0: You are listening to Making Money Sense live with Larry Rosenthal. Phone lines are open for your retirement and financial planning questions at 855-ROSE-123. That's 855-767-3123. More Making Money Sense in a moment. Remember those kids that you keep your kids away from? Those
3: kids that society doesn't seem to know what to do with? That kid you saw on the street corner last week? Remember that kid that, well, you feel sorry for, the dropout, the pregnant teen, the drug addict. Mm -hmm. Those are the kids that Youth for Tomorrow wants to reach. And Youth for Tomorrow has reached nearly 800 children since opening its doors in 1986. That's 800 young men and women helped to become responsible and effective members of society. The founder and chairman of Youth for Tomorrow, former Washington Redskins coach and current NASCAR team owner Joe Gibbs, says if we don't do what we can to influence our young people, there are plenty of others who will. In the wrong direction. For more information about Youth for Tomorrow, call 703 368 7995 or go to youthfortomorrow.org. You can help turn a negative into a positive. Call 703 368 7995 or go to youthfortomorrow.org. Now, nationwide and coast to coast from sea to shining sea, call now 855 767 3123. That's 855-ROSE-123. Live from the nation's capital, this is
1: the Larry Rosenthal Show some lines available for you if you'd like to talk to larry rosenthal live here in the studio and that phone number is 855-767-3123 that's 855 rose 123 is answering any questions that you have here this morning about your portfolio about your finances about how to get started sort of saving some money and uh, getting plans uh, put together for your future so give him a call
2: 855-767-3123 larry I love this time of the of the of the year, Chris. When when all the surveys in my industry come out, boy, they're just coming out by the truckload right now. And and you know, different different uh, surveys and evaluations and things. And the Employee Benefit Research Institute EBRi just came out uh, with some new data for 2017 and 18, in, in sort of like uh, confidence surveys regarding retirement, and. <clears throat> Um, you know, it's it's sort of titled, you know, managing expectations of ability to work. And most people during their career thought that they would retire at sixty-five years old. That seems to be the norm on what people, you know, really think. Hey, when do you want to retire? Oh, I don't know, sixty-five, right? Well the reality is that the overwhelming majority of people actually retire at age sixty-two. And the survey goes on to cite many, many different reasons why they retire those three years earlier. Uh, one of them, and, and the biggest one, is is because of health, their own personal health issues. Forty one percent said that they of respondents said that they retired at age sixty two versus sixty five because of their own health. said. Oh, <laughs> there you go. Right then, remember then Richard Dawson? 20, yeah. <laughs> Twenty six percent said changes at their company or they were downsized. Okay, Um, but but then the survey goes on and on and on. But twenty four percent actually said because they could afford to retire earlier. So they did. And ten percent said, you know what? I'm done. I just want to go do something else working part time, you know, in in maybe a different field or, or something like that. But my point is that. Everybody thinks that they have their finish line eyeballed in their mind down the road. And the reality is it may not happen on your timetable. So you need to make sure that, that you're, you're adequately prepared should something happen at work or, or skills. You know, 4% actually retired earlier because of outdated skills. They just could not keep up. Uh, 14% because of a family member's health or a spouse's health health that they that they said hey you know what i'm checking out of here and i need to go help with my with my loved ones which is a great thing to be able to do as well but my point is this all centers around uh, a financial plan and when you when you take a look at at uh, the different things in one's life that you can sort of control or you can't control just sort of the, the concepts about that that run around the, the, the conversation of retirement planning. things that are out of your control, I mean completely out of your control are stock market returns, uh, policy returns that come out of the government on taxes, interest rates, you know, benefits from your from your work. You can't control um, a lot, uh, any of those things. And those things really play towards your retirement, you know. So, so stop and think about it. You know, the, the market may be going along just fine, just the way you want it to be. And you can have years of, of wonderful returns in the stock market. But if then all of a sudden, when it's your turn to retire, the stock market, you know, gets hit very hard and the markets contract, that could have a devastating effect on your retirement income. If you really stop and think about it. So, so you're thinking about timing and systematic uh, sequencing of withdrawals. Uh, two things that you can control to minimize these types of risks in retirement is how much you're saving and spending throughout your lifetime. As well as where you're investing your dollars, the type of allocation uh, scenarios that you have, you know, are, are you too underweight growth? Are you too overweight growth? Do you have too much risk? Too little risk? All those types of things that you can really control, and then some other areas that you can control, you have some control on is is longevity and health to a certain degree, right? And the employment and and earnings and educating yourself, um, the duration of time that you work, efforts, things like that, and my point is that these are, are are six sort of headlines that I just talked about that I talk to clients about often you know what are the what are the strengths that you can that you bring to the table in order for you to have a successful retirement career, you know a successful time for twenty, thirty years in retirement. What are the strengths that you bring to the table to make sure that your children and or grandchildren go to college with minimal expense, minimal debt when they get out? What are the the risks involved with you accomplishing those things? And we talk to clients about that in their financial plans. and And what I'm just sort of uh, you know opening up the door to our minds on here today is some questions other than hey, what you know, what's the stock market going to do when it comes to f- investing strategies and financial planning and, and things like that? I was speaking with someone earlier this week, and I was showing him how I was explaining to him how. His investments are are very growth oriented, which is fine. There's nothing wrong with that. However, he was he he was we, I was pointing out to him that soon down the road in the retirement years, you're going to need to change some of the investment objectives, some of the makeup of your investment portfolio to that of a growth and income solution uh, for, for the investment holdings inside of it, versus just constant growth, 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 because they're not conducive. They're not aligned. They're not built to give you income and growth at the same time. So these are things that that we really need to be talking about, thinking about, asking our financial advisors. If if you're not working with one, shoot us off an email. We'll be happy to to send you out some information. Go visit my website, LarryRosenthal.com. Fire us off an email. Subscribe to our Facebook page, our, our website. You know, we send out once a week, lots of financial education material. That's what that's what a lot of this show is is designed about. That's what our seminars are about as well is to bring to the forefront financial planning, financial education from a proper way, from a biblical perspective, from from a proper way to go about doing it. When you stop and break down the three phases of financial planning, the accumulation phase, the distribution phase, and then the legacy phase, wow, I could speak for hours on all three phases. But you have to sort of take a look at the, the three phases here and stop to think to yourself, what can I control about my financial planning, about my investment strategies, about my savings, my expenses, my income? What can't I control? What does my finish line look like? Where do I want to be down the road when, when we're talking about these different things? Because it's pretty important, you know, when, when, when people are, are uh, working – uh they they get to the point and and then they say all right I'm going to retire but there's major reasons why why people uh work in retirement part of these surveys were we're talking about that as well <clears throat> and it's very interesting to see this just not uh, to be bored most likely right that's one thing. well well not, not that that is one of them chris you know people people will you know and, and the surveys are kind of divided up into between needs and wants And and, you know, 64 percent of people that retired and went back to work, whether in the same same field or in a different field, went back to work because they just said, hey, you know what? I want to stay active and Mm -hmm. be involved. I like my industry. I like my craft. I want to stay active and be involved. Forty eight percent, Chris, said I like working. Yeah. You know, 23 percent said, hey, there's a new job opportunity. And 10 percent said I want to try a new career. But on the other side. People went back to work because 31% of them said that they wanted to buy extras. 19% said that they went back to work because they wanted to make ends meet. Oh, that's not good. So when you stop and you you take a look at this, and then 9% said because of a decline in savings and investments, and then 4% said because they wanted to keep insurance benefits. So when you take those top three things of needs – they wanted to buy extras, they wanted to make ends meet, and because they had a decline in their savings and their investments, those three things right there kind of tell me that along the path towards retirement, there could have been conversations, there could have been strategies employed in your household to not have to go back to work to accomplish these needs mm. that you have in retirement. And that's my point is when you're when, when we're not asking the right questions, and most financial advisors aren't talking about this and they're not bringing to the forefront of the conversations um you know a lot of people are always stuck on how much can we grow 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 our money while that is good and we do that we also have to understand that you you, that there's a distribution part and a legacy part of financial planning and there's more to it than just growing the dollars there's, you know, Larry, there's just, managing, there's budget
1: exercises, too. I, I was just going to say, I, my brother-in-law actually uh, found himself with his kids having some issues, and he needed to help them. Um, and, and that's why he went back to work. He wanted to retire, and when, but he had to help his kids because there were unforeseen circumstances, which is kind of another part of this that you have to consider. It is.
2: It is. And when you take a look at, at doing financial planning today, simply because life expectancy is so long, Chris— which is a good thing, right? Mm-hmm. Hey, let's screw up and live a long time, right? Okay? That's a good thing, okay? So so you're getting into multi-generational planning, and that's what we talk with our clients a lot about is multi-generational planning is, you know, are you – do you expect to receive an inheritance one day or do you expect to have to help your your parents mm. – Financially, while you're retired one day, you know, quote, unquote, the mother-in-law suite, you know, the, sure. the, those types yeah. of things, yeah. you know, at the same time, where you have to help your adult children who are out of the house, but still f- tied financially to the umbilical, you know, to the financial mm. umbilical cord. So, so there's a lot of people caught into this, what we call sandwich generation, and it turns into multi-generational planning, making sure that that these assets are tax efficient when they pass from 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 one generation to the next, and how are you going to go about doing this? Just this past week, I worked with a client on gifting assets to 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 a younger generation in in their family. Um, also, sat down and, and spoke with somebody about you know he's getting ready to retire later this year, and he's been working towards this retirement for many many years, and it's right there. He's in the batter's box of retirement. <laughs> Okay, and he's stepping back out of the batter's box now, and he's saying, hey, I figured out, I like what I do, I'm eligible to retire, but they're going to allow me to work part-time. I'm sticking. yeah, And I love it. Yeah. Now I get to go do more and more things outside of work. But I get to stay in my craft and keep doing this. These are the items that we talk to clients and put in their financial plans. These are items and things that we sh- people need to be discussing about all across the country because it's not about the money. It's not about work, okay? It's, it, 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 it's about, you know, at the end, it's, it's the, the relationships and the values that, that we're going to be able to, to, to have with people, you know, and it's about working for the Lord, too. Let's welcome Walter on the line from New York. Good morning, Walter. How are you today?
4: Hi, uh, yes. Good morning. Um, yeah, I'm just going to find out I have. Uh, I am going to be retiring. I, and, uh, I am uh, supposed to be getting, uh, uh, for count time and other uh, reasons, a long sum at, uh, at the end of retirement and usually uh the, you know the employer allows us to to break it up into three three years the uh these uh you know the, otherwise it becomes a taxable income and i was just wondering if there's other options
2: walter depending on what the origin of the money is if it's deferred compensation or if are it's... you with me yes i am can you hear me
4: yes i can No, i can
2: Okay, it it depends on the origin of the dollars. You said that your employer will let you break it up over three years of payments in order to lower your taxes. To you,
4: yeah, taxable income, annual uh, income, correct?
2: Yeah. So so it. it, it Again, it depends on the origin of the money. If it's deferred compensation, then, then that's the proper way to do it. But if if it's just a matching program, then you could possibly roll it over all into an IRA. You've got to ask your employer what the origin of the money is. But from what you're telling me, it sounds like it's a deferred comp plan that he's going to let you take over a period of years to minimize your taxes each year versus one great big lump sum.
4: No, it is not a tax defer. It is what's called comp time and uh, uh, camp time and other vacation uh, that, that, that became uh, uh, sort of like to put it to a side, and uh, yeah, co- compensation of work that I performed uh, before I was a manager. Uh, year for years back, going back to thirty years.
2: So, Got it. I understand. Yeah. So, so you're not going to be able to defer that or roll that into any type of IRA. But the best, thing, it sounds like he's working with you to spread it out over three years, so that doesn't increase you into a larger tax bracket.
4: Exactly. Exactly. Yep. Yes.
2: That, that's uh, a,
4: I was wondering that, if there's other options.
2: Not that I'm aware of right now uh, without reading the details of that plan. I have seen some plans where money has come out of of of, of uh, deferred comp like that that can roll right into an IRA so there are no taxes, and it continues to grow in the tax shelter state of an IRA. Ask your employer if that is the case. If not, then it's going to have to come out over the three-year period like that.
4: Time and for all that you do uh, in terms of uh, I a I, lot I uh, by listening to your radio station. Thank
2: you. Well, I appreciate it, Walter. Go to my website, sign up for our e- <clears throat> excuse me, sign up for our newsletter and our Facebook following. It's free of charge, and we'll be sending you out some information. Okay.
4: Oh, thank you very much. Thank you, Howard day. Thank
2: you. Absolutely, right. you too. You listen to Making Money Sense, Larry Rosenthal Show. Go ahead and give us a ring at eight five five rose one two three. That's eight five five seven six seven three one two three. You know, Chris, First uh, Timothy six, uh, verse seventeen through nineteen says instructs those that are rich. Uh, In this present world, not to be conceited or fix their hope on uncertain riches, but on God, who richly supplies us with all things to enjoy. Here's what I like about this. Instruct them to do good, be rich in good works, be generous and ready to share, storing up for themselves the treasure of a good foundation for the future so that they may take hold of that which life is uh, indeed. you know, the Bible is just filled with, with all kinds of instructions, no doubt about that. We Good all cow. know that, right? Most people know that listening to this station as well. And and that, that plays a role in, in everything, even even in money management. And that's a lot of what we're talking about today is some of the, I guess you would call it the non-number crunching, concepts and conversations and ideas about about money what are what are the strengths in order to accomplish these goals and and, and I I challenge everybody this week to be thinking about this 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 question to yourself what are the strengths that you possess both financially educationally discipline wise to to be able to to really build out a, a roadmap if you will a financial plan on on trying to accomplish your goals what are the weaknesses or the blind spots that you that you think about? Talk to your spouse. Think about it to yourself when you're driving down the road. What what are the areas there that, that you feel weak in? Um, you know, we, we have a, a if you go to my website larryrosenthal.com, there's a video on the front page there, and it talks. It, it, it's about 90 seconds long, and it shows you the way a a financial plan can be properly structured. I have a a a, a one page survey. It's about ten or fifteen questions or so, and and it, it allows you to rank yourself in all the areas of well, not in all, but in many of the areas of financial planning. You know, in other words, you know, do you feel strong that you're, or how do you feel? One, the the the, you know, no no clue. Ten, I've got this thing wired. You know, on your estate planning, on. Understanding of the do's and don'ts of Roth IRA conversions on understanding of maxing out your retirement plans, all these types of surveys questions if you want to get a, get, a, get a copy of that of that list, go ahead and go to my website and uh, email us off I'll be happy to send it out to you It's a great you know um, uh, way to really start thinking about how you should be handling or looking or getting educated in your financial planning, college funding, estate planning, retirement planning, things like that. Pessie, yeah, we've got to take a quick break here, but before we do, Chris, again, everybody, if, if you're interested, if you're in the Baltimore area, you can catch me live on March 19th, Tuesday. That's March 19th. We're having two seminars at Turf Valley Country Club just outside of Baltimore, Maryland. And and the way it's working is there's an afternoon session begins from one to two thirty in the afternoon, and then an evening session from six thirty to eight p.m. There's no cost for this for this seminar here, and the uh, refreshments are are complimentary. Uh, you know the the title of the seminar is "Going from Taxable to Tax Free: How to Enhance Your Retirement Income and Then Increase Your Heirs." Uh, tax-free value down down the road. So we're going to be showing you a lot just a 90 minutes packed of, of all different ideas on, on on how to make sure everything's much more tax-efficient for yourself in retirement, as well as, as how to enhance your air. So go to my website, LarryRosenthal.com, and register right there, as well as sign up for our Facebook page. Also, we'll send out some information to you there as well. So give us a ring at 855-ROSE-123. We're going to take a quick break. You're listening to the Larry Rosenthal Show, Making Money Sense
0: Have you ever wanted to be part of something big?
1: Non-profit organization called Stars Children Africa.
3: Do you want to be a part of something that changes a child's life?
1: Orphans who are high school age who would not have a chance to get education otherwise.
3: Now you can be part of something that brings hope.
1: What we do... We actually pay for the school fees.
3: For about the cost of a new suit, you can change an orphan's future for a whole year.
1: We pay for the school fees, and that averages around $500 to $550 a year total. That means food, lodging, the teaching, the education part, the the uniform, that whole thing.
3: Call now, 703-201-2494. Or go to starschildrenafrica.org.
1: For a dollar and a half a day, one child would be educated for that year in high school.
3: 703-201-2494. Call right now. For $500 a year, you can change an orphan's life. 703-201-2494. Call right now with your questions, 855-767-3123. That's 855-ROSE-123. Coast to coast from the nation's capital,
1: this is the Larry Rosenthal Show. You know, I love it when you bring up scripture, Larry. I I enjoy listening to good advice from the Bible. And a gentleman told me the other day, if if you really want answers, you pray to God for those answers. But when you look for those answers, sometimes they're found for you in the Bible. You know, and I think that's always true. Well, Chris,
2: God speaks to us through His Word all the time. Amen. You know, Amen. All, all, all the time. Uh, it's kind of neat. Um, yeah, I was uh, speaking with somebody. That, well, in in uh, class this past week, and they were ta- they were talking about some of the you know people that um, uh, like Lee Strobel, who was you know trying to figure out is there a God and just different researchers, and they you know they end up being you know, saved and very, you know, pro the Lord, which was really cool when they went off to disprove in the beginning. Yeah, and, exactly. you know, I point we pointed out that, you know, Hey, look how live, look how alive scripture is, you know, yeah. it's pretty clear. If you, if you seek the Lord, you'll find him And, and that, that was pretty, pretty cool. They've gone on to written, you know, many, many books and, yeah. and things like that. So there's no doubt about it. So, Hey, let's shoot on over to uh, Maryland and welcome Tammy on the line. Good morning, Tammy. How are you today?
4: Good morning. I'm good, thank you.
2: How can I help you?
4: Okay, well, I caught your radio program on today, and um, I've been looking to figure out a way to invest some money that's just sitting in my savings account collecting maybe 1% interest. So I just want to know where I can start. That's a safe place to maximize what I have and let it grow.
2: So, Tammy, so when, when people bring up the conversation to me of having a little bit too much money in the bank uh-huh. and they're not happy with the bank rate of return, here's the way that I sort of go about asking answering this question. I get this question a lot, and let's think about this in as far as a, a ruler goes. A ruler's 12 inches long, okay, and inch number one is the bank, and if I go all the way over to inch number two, I can get a little bit better rate of return and not have that much risk to my money, okay? Mm-hmm. But if I go all the way over to inch number nine, okay, then I can have maybe a greater rate of return, but a lot of flux fluctuation and a lot of risk to my principal. So when you're talking about money coming out of the bank, is your investment objective simply to try and get a a little bit higher rate of return, but keeping your principal as stable and and secure as possible? Or are you looking to really invest?
4: Um, I would say I'm interested in both options because um, I'm 53, and the money that I have, um, I I don't have anything else for retirement, so I really want this to um, work for me in my retirement.
2: Okay, then... Then we need to we need to sort of talk about how you know we got to we have to keep some money in the bank for mm-hmm. emergencies, cash reserves, things like that, and then move money along that ruler, if you will, so that Absolutely. we have a little bit of money that's growing a little bit better than the bank, but not a lot of risk, and then and then on down the road. So that's mm-hmm. the way that I want you to be thinking about that, and that can consist of, of of bonds and stocks and mutual funds and ETFs and all kinds of things across the risk spectrum. So you can you, – I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to send you out our financial planning toolkit. There's no charge for it. We, we have sent out thousands and thousands of these over the years, and it's going to okay. help align for you where you are give some thought-provoking questions as to goals and time horizon and risks and things like that, and then we'll have someone okay. give you a follow-up call to sort of step you through it and, and, and maybe answer your questions on a little bit more personal basis after after some of the, the data is discussed. How does that sound?
4: That sounds great. I would love it.
2: Yep, let me go ahead and put you on hold, Tammy, and we will uh, uh, have have uh, that toolkit sent out to you, and and someone follow up with you as, as as well. So, hey, you're listening to Making Money Sense, Larry Rosenthal Show. Go ahead and give us a ring. <clears throat> excuse me at eight five five rose one two three. That's eight five five seven six seven three one two three. Don't forget to visit my website LarryRosenthal.com. dot com. If you want to sign up for our newsletter, go ahead and do that, and we'll be happy to send it out to you each month. We send out a newsletter, and it's pretty packed full with a lot of A lot of financial information, such as what you hear on this show all the time, as well as our Facebook page. We send out some articles uh, once a week. I I, I just insist with our our team that we're not going to pound things every day. I don't want to do that. But just an article once a week just to send out financial educational information. Uh, So not as much homework as the average instructor would give you, right? (laughs) No, no, not at all. going to be nice on that part. I like that. Not, not, not at all. Never you know, liked the, homework. The, the whole financial planning conversation <clears throat> is is so wide. There's so much width and depth to it when when you're really boiling a lot of things down. And uh, people, you know, I guess that's kind of the theme of what we're talking about today. Is sort of the un unasked questions of, of what, we're, what we're really dis- discussing, you know, as far as all that goes. And, and one, of the, one of the questions that, that, that people really have to ask themselves is, you know, how confident are you in your retirement picture? How confident are you in accomplishing these goals along your time horizon? Uh, you know, college funding, vacations, new cars, uh, you know, retirement. How confident are you in when something happens to someone, the ability to make sure assets are transferred correctly? Uh, in, in in this next seminar that we're going, to be, we're going to be doing on March 19th, we're going to be talking about the titling of accounts, the titling of assets. People title their assets incorrectly a lot of times and create tax problems for heirs. Without realizing it. And, and, and a lot of these things can be much more tax efficient just by the stroke of a pen. And you don't need a, a, a will or a trust or anything to do a lot of these basic fundamental things that are often overlooked in the financial planning world. And so these are a lot of things that we will be bringing to to the attention of of the group and these are questions that we need to be asking our advisors all across the country and if you're not working with one or if you want to go go look at our library of resources on our website larryrosenthal.com feel free to do so a lot of this information is out there and and which by the way we get we get calls and emails throughout the week <clears throat> People say, "Hey, Larry, I heard you talk about this, that, or the other on the radio show. Can you send me some information on it?" I'm happy to do that. So, not not a problem. You can call during the week at eight five five rose one two three, or or give us a call right now eight five five rose one two three, or just simply send us an email at LarryRosenthal.com dot com is our, is our website. Go go visit that. So um, again, you know, Chris, just lots of lots of uh, uh, financial planning discussions on sort of non number crunching issues. And one of the uh, questions a lot of times that that people fail to ask because they've never really understood what to ask in this area is, you know, hey, how much can I pull out of my savings each month to live off of? Mm. You know, and the answer usually is whatever you need, right? Okay, well, (laughs) that might not be the best course of action for a lot of people. So so there are, are, are different different studies and different scenarios out there when when people are talking about what's a safe rate of a withdrawal to pull dollars out. So think about this, Chris. You've got a hundred thousand, you've got a million, you've got ten million, whatever it is the amount of dollars you have, you have a lifestyle requirement, right? You've got a lifestyle requirement, and that lifestyle requirement is broken up into needs and lifestyle. So what are, your, what are your, your bottom line resources that you need each month? And then what is your lifestyle income that you need on top of that each month as well? And how much of a percentage can you afford to pull out each year from your investments without the fear or without the, the realization of running out of money somewhere down the road? So take a, take a typical 30-year retirement time frame, 30 years. Think about that. You work 30 years and now you're going to retire 30 years. We've got to have a nice nest egg there. But that nest egg is going to be pushed and pulled and 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 beaten up and 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 elevated based off of the economy, based off of interest rates, tax policy over the 30 years, the stock market values, the bond market values over 30 years of time. So. When you're looking at how much money you should, one should be withdrawing from their, quote, unquote, nest egg savings and uh, re- retirement plans, savings and investments, there, there's a rule out there of about 4%. And if, you know, if you've got, let's say, a million you know, dollars just to do math easy and you withdraw 4, 4% of it a year, that's $40,000 a year. And if you have a a 25 percent mixture where you're 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 basically seventy five percent equities twenty five percent bonds, now there's no guarantees to anything at, at at all that I'm talking about, but you have a very high probability of not running out of money.
1: Well, also, if you have a hundred
2: thousand dollars and you're withdrawing the four percent, you have a very high probability of not running out of money. So so the four percent is a basic benchmark, a basic guideline. That people don't know to ask that question. I was just going to say, if you have a million dollars in the bank
1: and you're taking 4% out each year, you're not you're not eating into that principle. Hopefully, you're making enough in your investments that you're above that mark and your principles stay the same, right? That- well,
2: let's think about what you said. You, you you said if you have it in the bank, you're not eating into the wow. principal. Well, today you are. Yeah, I, I mean investments. Because the bank's not doing it. But now if you have a mixture of investments, what's the scenario on the investments, right? I was speaking with somebody earlier this week about this exact same concept. And he said, you know, we've we we, we just want to be able to make sure that we're getting about a six percent rate of return because we feel that if 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 we're conservative enough, we should be able to get a six percent rate of return, but That type of a conservative portfolio won't get beat up too much should the market start getting rocked a a little bit. And guess what? Over 30 years, they will. Over a 30-year time frame in retirement years, you're going to experience three, maybe four recessions. Mm -hmm. How do you – Get out of the way of those. How do you manage your dollars during those periods of time? So there's lots of of work that has to go on with all of this. And so we need to be thinking about these things. You, you may be blessed to have some sort of a pension in retirement and Social Security. Those are guaranteed incomes that will be coming in for a lifetime. And then on top of that, where's the rest of the money coming from and how much? can you tap into those dollars each year what percentage what is a safe percentage and the rule of thumb is is starting at about four percent now there are surveys out there that are showing no that's too high and no that's too low okay and and it's all over the map but i've kind of settled on about four percent rule when 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 you boil it down it gives you high probabilities if you have a, a balanced mixture of a portfolio bonds cash you know, being in the bank, Chris, that you were talking about, and and equities, uh, to 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 make it last. So, so stop and think about this. What are, what are your strengths? I guess I guess in in conclusion here today, what are your strengths that you feel that you and your family possess to accomplish your financial goals down the road? Education? Are you on top of it? Do you understand what are inside your investments? Uh, Do you understand why you're investing in this mutual fund versus that mutual fund inside your 401K retirement plan, inside the government TSP plan? Do you understand the tax impact? Are you looking to convert or put some money on the Roth side of things so that you have tax-free income down the road? So these are a lot of questions that go into, into, into planning. And and then what is the rate of withdrawal on all of this? Hey, I see we've got to take a quick break here. Let's pop those lines open again, Chris. Let's give us a call here at eight five five Rose One Two Three, Eight Five Five, Seven Six Seven. Again, eight five five Seven six seven three one two three. With any of your financial planning or investment questions, estate planning, mortgages, taxes, insurance, whatever the case may be, you listen to Making Money Sense, Larry Rosenthal show. We'll be back in a moment. And by the way, when we come back, we're going to talk about not paying taxes twice on your money. Chris, how's that sound? Give us a ring at eight five five rose one two three. Back in a moment with more Making Money Sense.
0: You are listening to Making Money Sense live with Larry Rosenthal. Phone lines are open for your retirement and financial planning questions questions at 855-ROSE-123. That's 855-767-3123. More making money sense in a
2: moment. Here's a quick tip for you. Remember, it's time in the market, not necessarily timing. Stay away from lots of buy-sell transactions. Find quality, buy it, and hold it until the quality goes away or your investment objectives change. It's time in the market, not necessarily timing. If you'd like more information on proper investing, then go visit my website at LarryRosenthal.com or simply give us a call at 855-ROSE-123. That's 855-767-3123. That's 855-767-3123.
3: Now nationwide and coast to coast from sea to shining sea, call now 855-767-3123. That's 855-ROSE-123. Live from the nation's capital, this is the Larry
1: Rosenthal Show. Got a few minutes to get in on those lines to talk to our financial and retirement expert here in studio. That's 855-767-3123. Talk to Larry Rosenthal here live. Larry?
2: Chris, it's tax season. It is
1: tax season. Yeah, I right? I, I feel like squealing right now. You're like one of the dogs. That when a dog gets bit, it goes, ow, ow, ow. Yeah, it's, that's how I feel at tax season. There you go. There you go.
2: So <laughs> I'm going to talk about two confusing items on the tax return, or actually on your 1099, so you don't end up paying tax twice on your money. Show of hands out there, who wants to pay tax twice on their money, no, right? No, nobody, no, nobody, right? So let's let's boil this down here. First of all, let's pretend, now this doesn't deal with IRAs or anything like that. This is non-IRA investment accounts. Let's just make this very simple. Let's suppose you put in $50,000, and over the course of time, it grows to $70,000. And then you sell it, and you go buy, I don't know, a new car, right, or whatever it is. and And your CPA says, well, you know, how much did you put in and you put in 50,000 and you sold it for 70 and now you've got a profit of $20,000 which is taxable to you long-term capital gains rates depending on your income anywhere from 15 to 20% to the feds right well that's not necessarily true because along the way those investments paid dividends and capital gains possibly that were reinvested back and those were taxed a little bit each year so in that profit example of twenty thousand dollars you may have already paid taxes maybe on nine or ten of it already so it's important to understand the how it works each year on your tax return on top of that there are dividends and there are there are there are dividends that are Considered what they call covered and uncovered dividends, meaning qualified dividends and non-qualified dividends. Also dividends that that are covered, meaning they have cost basis to them and non-covered that don't. This sounds crazy, doesn't it? What are you talking about? Well, when you look at these 1099s these days, they're very complicated from brokerage houses. And a lot of people don't understand how to read them. Please make sure that you you're not paying taxes twice on this. Talk with a professional. Talk with a CPA firm about how to go about filling this out. Some of those like, like you books. don't end up paying taxes twice books. on these dollars.
1: You see, some of those re- those uh, 1099s or some of that return information, it's like pages and pages of stuff. What do you do with it? You know, you know, losses and gains and things of that nature. All those things
2: that you have to deal with at tax time. That's my point. That's that's exactly yeah. my point. And I know a lot of people try to do their own taxes and and I would tell people, you know, hey, at least every I I always side with well, Caution. go work with a professional because Caution. you'll find in most cases it's it's, it's definitely worth it. It's
4: dangerous.
2: But uh make sure that you're that you're you're pretty well educated on all that. Hey, let's shoot on over to uh, Dunkirk and welcome Carol on the line. Good morning, Carol. How are you? Hi,
4: good morning.
2: How can I, I help have you today?
4: I have a question. I'm a retired federal government employee, and I'm under the old retirement system, so I'm fortunate enough to have a pension. However, I did contribute to the TSP, and I'm 68. I wanted to see what the best way is to remove, uh, possibly reinvest that TSP.
2: Carol, there's... There's basically five things that you can do with money at an old employer's plan, okay? Mm-hmm. You, you can keep it where it is, which is what you've been doing. You can pull it all out and pay taxes on it. You can roll it over to your own IRA. You can move it to a new employer's plan if you were working there, and you can convert it to a Roth while it's sitting there. Those are the five things that you can do. So in your question, how do you reinvest it? Most people end up rolling it over, taking it out of their old employer's plan and rolling it over to their own IRA account. By doing so, you'll actually enlarge your investment landscape. In other words, there's very few investments available in, in in a typical employer's plan. And in the government plan, the TSP, you have the C G F S and I funds along with the lifecycle funds. So so you only have a handful of investment choices. By rolling the money over to your own IRA, you can not only invest in many other choices, but a lot of the same indices that are inside the government TSP. Depending on where you put it, there, there may be different costs associated with it all as 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 well. But most people end up doing that. So it's simply a rollover okay. form. You can go to the TSP website, TSP.gov, and search their forms and and, and I think it's uh TSP form uh, uh, seventy actually that does the, the, the rollover. We can we can actually send you one from our office if if you wish. And and on top of that we can send you out information on the do's and don'ts. Of, of rollovers, how it all works, have someone give you a follow-up conversation with it all. But it's important at this point to understand, you know, what, what is your investment objectives? The TSP is a great investment vehicle to, to save money, but may not be such a great vehicle when you look at the investments in there to produce growth and income at the same time in retirement years. That's all. So so you might want to look to, to maybe reposition it into some other investment vehicles. Does that Does that help?
4: It does, and so what I had planned, what I would like to do is just reinvest it for my my children. I, I don't really want to use it from or need to use it for myself, but I'd like to set it up as an investment, as an inheritance for, for them.
2: So now, now I would now I would really look to take to to, to roll the money over uh, to to your own IRA simply because now you're investing it you're going to want to invest it for a, a little bit more growth orientation for your kids than for your income needs today, right? Right. And at the same time, you also want to make sure that you, you set up – the ability for the inheritance at some point down the road to be as tax efficient as possible, which means that they can they can have what's called the lifetime tax advantage or the multi generational IRA set up from your IRA rollover. So, Carol, I'll, I'll go ahead and uh, let me put okay. you on hold here. I've got a just uh, just one hey, minute left of so much. in the show. Let me put you on hold and we'll get some information out to you on how to do uh, the the proper rollovers for for the TSP plan. I appreciate the phone call. you listen to Making Money Sense, give us a ring at 855-ROSE-123. Give us a call during the week there as well. And, hey, uh, again, uh, one more announcement here on the upcoming seminar. It's going to be Tuesday, March 19th, just outside of Baltimore, Maryland, at Turf Valley Country Club. We have two sessions that day, afternoon from 1 to 2.30, and evening from 6.30 to 8. There's no cost for the seminar, and the refreshments are, are complimentary. If you want to understand what's going on as far as tax efficiency in retirement years and how to improve tax efficiency to your heirs, which is exactly what I was just explaining to our last caller on the line here, which is making sure you're setting up the stretch IRA correctly, we're going to be talking about that and as well as how to enhance tax-free uh, income and tax Tax-free income uh, to your heirs down the road as well. So, uh, the subject of the matter is called going from taxable to tax-free. And uh, so, during the week, I know a lot of people give us a ring and and uh, they said, "Hey, I heard you talk about this on the radio. Be happy to, to send you out information. Go visit my website, LarryRosenthal.com. Sign up on our our uh, Facebook page. We'll send you out some educational material from time to time. So for Bob in the back and Chris McKay. I'm Larry Rosenthal. Have a wonderful week, and we'll be back next Saturday with another session of the Larry Rosenthal Show, Making Money Sense.